Hello, everyone. I'm Kayla. And I'm Silas, and this is The Adventures of Kayla and Silas, a podcast about everything travel. Each week, we cover travel topics that we find interesting and that we hope you will, too. This week, we have a really exciting show for you, as always, (laughs) but today is extra special because we have our friend and guest of the podcast today, Casey, our friend. Hello, everyone. Casey, 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 our friend. Casey is on the show with us because we are just actually right now at the tail end of a road trip that we took together. This was, I like to say, instigated by Casey, but because he's such a nice guy, he often will say that it was instigated by us. No, it's a true fact. It's a true fact. It was me. It was Casey. Good. (laughs) Casey's all over it. We were hanging out one night at one of our favorite wineries, and Casey turned to us and said, hey, would you guys want to go on a road trip to Yellowstone? And we said, um, absolutely we would. And from there, Kayla went home and within 15 minutes of being home had planned out the entire thing. And Casey said, this looks great because, you know, planning is done, so why would I reinvent the wheel? But we have a lot of stories to talk about and a lot of things to share. So first off, what we're going to do is just give you a brief overview of the trip that we took, where we went, and some of the things that we did. Kayla, take it away. Kayla, take it away. Well, this trip is pretty straightforward. Kayla, take it away. (laughs) Protect your vital organs. Um... 20th time, Kayla's been slapped. (laughs) (laughs) This trip was pretty straightforward because, you know, Casey said, let's go to Yellowstone. I said, all right, that's easy, because we knew it was going to be a road trip right from the very beginning. And so that kind of simplifies travel because we weren't going to have to book flights or anything. And so the next big task was to figure out where the heck we were going to stay and... For those of you who don't know, Yellowstone is a massive park, like hours long in every direction. And so there are actually hotels and different lodging options in the camp. And we all kind of immediately decided we weren't going to camp. Like, it added a, it added a layer of, of uh, complexity that... You have to worry about bears. That's, that's really what we were concerned about. Yeah, we're from, we're from Iowa. We don't know anything about not getting attacked by bears. So we all kind of quickly agreed that we were staying in a hotel or something similar. And so that was kind of step one was figuring out if we could even find a place to stay nearby. And and we ended up finding this awesome vacation rental in Driggs, Idaho, of all places, which put us actually closer to Grand Teton National Park than Yellowstone. And so we decided, we only had three days out there, so we decided we'd split it up, two days at Yellowstone, a day at Grand Teton, and it's been really awesome. So, I mean, I think we'll talk a little bit more about the specifics of what we did at the parks each day uh, as we continue here. But, you know, that was a general thing was kind of our accommodations. We decided so late in the year that we were going to go to Yellowstone that everything in the park was just booked up. Right. Yes. So it was a fun adventure. And Casey, why don't you tell us first, why did you want to take this trip? And then Kayla and I will answer why we agreed to take this trip. But. Okay. So for me, actually, the first reason why I took the trip was going to take the trip is I thought to myself, I need to take a vacation that does not involve my family. 
which is a key thing. <laughs> because all vacations end up with family somehow involved. So I was like, I need to go get away from them. And... <laughs> Sorry, mom. Uh, it's a good reason, though. I mean, you have to have a little bit of yeah. both. You need some. You need some space sometimes. Um, so I was thinking. Part of it was that: Do I go to the West Coast or the East Coast? Mm. We tend to go to the West Coast because my sister lives out in Phoenix. Sure. So we we're headed that way, and I had heard a lot of people in my social circles talk about going to Yellowstone and so I thought that would be fun to go to so that's where I hit Yellowstone first awesome I agreed to it because um, road trips and also (laughs) I really enjoy nature photography and landscapes and I knew that Yellowstone was going to provide some of the best opportunities for that in the United States and just a place that I've always been interested in going to. So when Casey was like, do you want to go? I was like, perfect excuse to say this is when we go to Yellowstone. Kayla, what about you? Yeah, so I think I think first and foremost is just that Casey is one of the best people that we know. So we knew that it was going to be fun. And then... Holla! <laughs> and then second is... Yellowstone was already on our list. Silas and I have a long kind of travel bucket list. And Yellowstone was already on that list. But I will say, and we'll get more into this, I didn't even yet know why Yellowstone was on my list. I knew it was one of those things that you're supposed to do, but I didn't know how cool Yellowstone actually is until this week. Right. Because we didn't do a ton of research. We just, like, figured out where we could lay down at night. And that was all of the planning that we did for this trip. Well, we, we uh, yes, no, we, we did a lot of planning on the drive that was 16 hours from Iowa to Driggs, Idaho. And actually, all things considered, it was a fairly enjoyable trip, m- minus the weather and the number of hours and... <laughs> the bad road conditions and the lack of good radio stations and, and internet service internet service but other than that it was an excellent trip and i would love taking it all the time i will say for my own for my own opinion slash bad luck of the draw in terms of driving assignments driving through the teton pass in the dark in a snowstorm, as your introduction to that, mountain driving, to, yeah, to the mountains, is a uh, is a little ro- in a Prius, in a Prius. I think that's one of the things we didn't take in consideration. The weather with the trip was the weather. Like yeah. fall, you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's gonna be beautiful colors. Like mm-hmm. forgetting that we're up much higher and snow appears a lot earlier than lovely yeah. Iowa, leaving All- ninety degree weather. Yeah. To... Also, there was like a heat wave in the Midwest, and then there was like a cold wave. We we left literally left ninety degree weather for thirty degree weather for thirty degree weather. But all that said, it was worth it once we got inside the parks and right. were exploring. Yes. Case... And the weather got better. And the weather, yes, the weather did get better throughout the week. And today we we ended the tr- we we ended the trip um, today with. 60. 
60 degree weather at Mount Rushmore, but we won't rush more into that just yet. <laughs> Casey. Good transition. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your favorite stop on the trip or favorite stops or points of interest. So I would say my the first favorite stop was the Grand Tetons. I think especially from if you're looking from a hiker's perspective, mm-hmm. that's the better option to have mm-hmm. because it just was a lot more relaxed, less tourist or other people around and so it's kind of nice just to be get out and it seemed because it was a smaller park that a lot more people were friendlier and willing to sit and chat and if you had questions of mm-hmm. where am i going or how yeah. far am i to where i need to get you could answer it and you could sit down and talk to each other definitely the other part i would say is identity seeing the animals in their habitat mm-hmm. or being scared by the animals as they come out from the darkness yeah. about ready to hit you. Yeah, exactly. Exit. So, At full speed. Um, I think that's a big thing for me. Those are the two highlights. Doing that searching part of it through the woods and trying to identify it and not hitting it, hiding it behind. Casey was like things. the the animal guru throughout the trip. So like Silas and I wouldn't let him drive while we were in the park because we I am wanted... one with animals. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we wanted him to be looking for animals, so we drove the entire three days around the parks, and then we made him drive home each night. <laughs> yeah, no, that the the scenario that you were talking about though with them jumping out of the woods, we were stuck in this traffic jam on the way out of the park last the, night. Last night, and we took advantage of that by getting some pictures of the stars and the moon and different night photography things that we could do. But then the traffic opened up and we were like, oh, good, we can get out of here. And we started a little bit better pace. You're well, supposed to be driving 35 to 45 miles per hour most places in the park. And so we, we started to take off again. And then out of basically nowhere, two or three bison come up out of the darkness up onto the road and – I hit my brakes, and the guy ahead of me really had to hit his brakes, and it was horrifying. I think the thing we learned about Yellowstone, too, is when cars are stopped, there's usually animals around. Exactly. And so you have to be very conscious of, like, what's going on. Mm -hmm. In fact, driving back, you know, you had saw every once in a while a car on the side of the road just because it it was broke down or whatever. I started skinning right away Mm -hmm. looking for it, so it kind of gets ingrained with you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cars, more than one car means animals. No, I would agree, though. Casey saw a ton of different animals, and we got a lot of really cool pictures because of it. Yeah, it was awesome. If we had had more time there, I think we could have seen even more, but, you know, at a certain point, the same animals gets a little repetitive. You're really trying to find the ones you haven't seen yet, so we never saw a moose. A wolf. Or a wolf. But we did see a bear. We saw a bear. Elk. Bison, a coyote. Yep. Lots of birds. Two prongs. Two prongs. Two prongs. Which we saw more in my Wyoming. Yeah, we saw on our a lot drive of those to Mount Rushmore today. than mm-hmm. uh, actually I, the park. There were literally dozen. There probably we probably saw close to a hundred two prong on the way oh, yeah, through. Definitely. In little clumps of ten to fifteen at a time. Kayla says, wrap it up. She's bored with this conversation. So, yeah. Kayla, tell me about your favorite part of the trip. 
of Yellowstone or Grand Teton? So while Grand Teton is beautiful and it was definitely worth our time, my favorite part by far are the geothermal features at Yellowstone. So for those of you who don't know, Yellowstone, Yellowstone was formed by a volcano that happened many, many, many years ago. Kabloomers! <laughs> um, actually, three super volcanoes over the course of the last 2.1 million years, and it has resulted in all these wildly interesting kind of things that have happened. And so we all know about Old Faithful, and really that's all I thought Yellowstone was. Like, you went there just to see this one geyser erupt every hour or so, and that is not what Yellowstone is. There are all these different features something like 10,000 geothermal features in the park, I think. So there's something like that. Hot springs, geysers, mud pots, and another something that I'll remember later. And, and well, there's a about. part where they had you could see the hot water, the boiling water right next to the cool lake water. Yeah, I don't know what that's I part think those called. were hot springs, the ones that we took pictures yeah. of. There's something else that I'm forgetting, but. Like, I, I loved, like, the anticipation of, like, the geysers going off or the really cool thing at Yellowstone. Like, my, I think my absolute favorite thing is there are these bacteria that live in the water that have adapted over the millions of years. You would claim bacteria as your favorite thing. <laughs> no, but this is so interesting. So these bacteria have adapted to live in this hot, hot water. Like, the most of the water in Yellowstone, from what I gathered, was just under boiling so just below 200 degrees fahrenheit and these bacteria are colorful so when you see these really unique pools of color or springs with these interesting colors in them it's because what's living in them is actually green or blue or orange and so there are just parts of the park that are beyond words weird and wacky and and cool and then the backdrop for all of that are these amazing mountains and rivers and the lake and all these things that are kind of like more normal pretty landscape but then juxtaposed with these geothermal features it's just it's really cool really (laughs) well what's your favorite part silas my favorite part i thought you never asked (laughs) it was hanging out with me it was hanging out with our friend casey Next question. Mm. <laughs> no, she, she wants to. Grand Teton or Yellowstone? Oh, Grand Teton Yellowstone. Yes. Well, second to hanging out with Casey, yes. my favorite part was the drive to Old Faithful. That morning that we went to Old Faithful, oh. there were there was a ton of just steam happening, which I believe is normal, but because of the temperature of the park, the steam that was being produced from all of these geysers built up to make a huge portion of the drive that we were doing foggy and fog isn't always fun to drive in but it was just unique in the way that it would pop up and you could drive along the river that headed all the way to was that yellowstone river no i was looking it up right now it's the firehole river oh firehole river that was super cool because it was there was tons of steam yeah, there was a ton and of steam coming off of that. Because and it was cold. It was relatively It was just cold out. really, really cool to see the steam 
the end. Well, and that morning, too, we came across this, like, herd of bison. Oh, yeah. In the steam slash fog. It was yeah. really unclear what we were driving through at the time. As a videographer, it made me feel a little bit like Steven Spielberg because he loves to use fog or atmosphere, as you would say, in a lot of his shots. And so I got all these buffalo coming out of the fog, and I was like, this could be the great the great start to the next great American movie that would be great for people to watch great a lot of greats anyway that was that was really really fun for me and and then getting wildlife shots that Casey would call out oh there's another bison we got some really cool shots of bison we almost watched a bison run a car off the road which we told you about and then we almost also watched a bison almost run over a whole bunch of people because they They wouldn't stop taking pictures they were they say stay at least 25 yards away from bison and these people were no more than five yards away from the bison <laughs> taking pictures no well we had that experience too because no it was the walking very down very first day we're walking down the road it's it's walking down the road oh yeah and it just came at us we that's right it was pretty like whatever chill but still you have to be we pretty had a aware fence be- between us we, that we had though. a fence we had like this rock fence between us, but still, yes, he kept getting closer and closer and Casey kept moving farther and farther away. And of mm-hmm. course I was like, oh, let me get my camera out and just, just stay as close as possible. But I didn't, I wasn't trying to approach the bison. I just kind of stood still and the bison walked by me. This time that we're, that we're talking about, a whole bunch of people were just corralling this bison and he was not happy about it. I was certain, I turned my camera on then too because I was certain I was going to witness a bison <laughs> running over, like bison bowling, I think is what it's called. And if you've ever been told that the bisons own the place, they do. They do. <laughs> it's true. Right. Yeah. No, it's definitely true that within the park, I think it's like, you know, animals have the right of way. A lot of times when we did see animals um, on the side of the road that weren't moving quickly, there also happened to be rangers nearby who had just happened upon these animals near the road and and had shown up to make sure that the human interactions were kind of directing traffic and yeah people yeah, are standing exactly. back far enough exactly to make sure everyone was doing the right thing and and the time when the people were like right in front of the buffalo trying to get pictures we kind of skirted around the crowd and went to what we wanted to see and then not five minutes later a ranger showed up and started telling people to move it or lose it I was disappointed that I didn't see a grizzly bear. Well, we don't know which kind of bear we saw. We saw a black bear. How do you know? Because it did not look grizzly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think in the car we have a pamphlet that describes the difference between black bear and a grizzly bear. And the answer is not the color of, of their fur. Right. So Silas has no idea. The bear we saw was indeed black. Yes, but there are no grizzlies that are black. <laughs> That's not true. I yeah, I think Whoa. the guru would disagree with you on that one. Ooh, Which, the guru. We should talk about. We oh, need to talk about the, the guru. guru. Casey, why don't you tell us about the guru? So we found this app. It's called the Gypsy Guide. Guide, right? Yeah, it was like GPS were capitalized, and it provided you a tour through a video an audio tour that you had in your car while you drove throughout the park and so as you went through different points 
based on your GPS, it would give you fun facts about it. And there's a certain section that they gave us a bunch of facts about all the animals, the major animals in the park. Yeah. Yeah, And, he and gave, one of them was about bears. There was one about bears. There was tons of really cool information from this app. And we ended up referring – I don't know why, but he knew everything <laughs> about the park. So we ended up referring to him as the guru. But then sometimes he wouldn't be completely accurate. He'd be like, pull off on this next – drive where you can see a beautiful landscape and blah 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 but then it'd be closed for construction or something and we're like you don't know everything guru <laughs> but in general it's really cool because it's gps dictated so you yeah you drive by a certain area and then he would start talking about whatever you could see from there and then throughout he talked he talked about forest fires he talked about the various animals he talked about the volcano he talked about your bacteria and how it's he used did. in crime labs oh, yes oh yeah how yellowstone helps solve murders there's been a murder and the bacteria solved the mystery well not exactly yeah. but anyway why were we talking about the bears because he the talks bears. about the bears I don't think from where we saw this bear that we knew that we know if it, it was, was a black bear it was a cub was a black bear. Well, but you tell the difference because the grizzly has a hump on its back. Yeah, but we could Bear did not. We're we looking at tell. pictures of bears right now. We'll include the link in the show notes. But it's very clear. And then we'll also include a picture of the bear that we took. We don't know if the bear we saw was. a And grizzly you can or judge for yourself about how wrong Kayla is, because we'll have a vote. She's very wrong. We'll set up a poll, and you can you can just. Text us your answers to choose the next American Idol. But right here it says grizzlies can range in color from black to blonde. And grizzlies have a hump, and our bear did not. Anyway, let's move Wasn't on he to... Was he driving? He didn't see the black. We were yeah. parked. Really, we wouldn't have seen the bear anyways, except there was a bunch of cars. Right, exactly. yes. And we said, what's going on? Oh, cars are, cars are stopped. What's going on? Although we didn't think it was a bear, because one lady was outside of her car, which is a big no-no. It's a big no-no. Because <laughs> bears get hungry for people. The, the park ranger told us this. They said bears love people meat. So, you know, watch out for bears. Said no park ranger ever. Let's talk a little bit about the funniest travel moments that happened for each of us. Whoever wants to go first. I have one. Go for it. Okay, so I think my funny funniest travel moment is we, when we were in Grand Teton, the guru suggested we take a boat ride across Jenny Lake, which is at kind of right in the foothills of the Teton Range. So it's not necessarily a great view of the mountains themselves, but this beautiful lake. And then when you get to the other side of the lake where the boat drops you off, there is a short hike up to some waterfalls and then this place that they call Inspiration Point, which overlooks the lake facing the opposite direction away from the mountains. So we said, oh, that sounds like good exercise. We could see this unique part of the park. We didn't really know what all was in Grand Teton, so we were kind of willing to do something fun. And Casey says, oh, let's just get one-way tickets on the boat and we'll walk along the shore back. Because, because the, you always need to get your steps. Yeah, you got to get your steps in for the day. Also, the guru told us there was a path back from the waterfalls along the shoreline. So we get all the way to the other side. And 
as the as the boat driver is dropping us off, he's like, if you don't take the boat back, you'll have to take this horse trail back. Which we didn't think anything of at the time because we didn't realize there were multiple trails. But we basically ended up accidentally kind of confused because all of the right turns, which is the direction we thought we needed to go to get back around the lake, were blocked off. Except for this one little kind of teeny tiny kind of nondescript trail. And it was like, this takes... But it didn't even quite say, like, this takes you back to exactly where we came from. We were were not 100% sure. And kind of long story short, we found out that the trail that that the guru had told us to take that went along the shoreline was blocked off because they were doing some construction or, or whatever, clearing off the path because of some erosion or something, which is totally fine. But the path we had to take ended up being much, much, much more treacherous and physical, like a lot more up and down, definitely not just following the pretty shoreline of this lake. And so long story short, we got a lot of steps in that day. We, being from Iowa, the land of low elevation, maybe suffered a little along the route, but it was good exercise. We were very hungry for lunch by the time we got back because it took much longer than we thought it would and no regrets. Anyone else have a funny story? Long, long story short, we were... Um, <laughs> Are you making fun of me? No. Long story short, we... Uh, well, let me just start from the beginning. <laughs> yes, I have a funny story. The funny story for me is not super funny, but it was definitely comical to see the number of massive cameras Mm. and lenses. Kayla and I talk a lot about when we're traveling, what gear we should take, what cameras should we take. For us, in the way that we travel, we try to take as small a pack as possible. If we can do it in one backpack each, that's great. If we have to add a third bag to accommodate a few extra pieces of gear, etc., that's okay as well. But as we were going through the park, every time we turned around, there'd be either just one one guy by himself with a lens the size of uh, arm. of Kayla's arm, or there'd be a whole herd of photographer, uh, aspiring photographer people going out into the woods with massive tripods and giant cameras, and... It was just, it was almost as fascinating to witness the photographer sightings as it was to see bison or bears, oh my. So, photographers in their natural habitat. In their natural <laughs> habitat. They were just, they were everywhere. And they, and, and then the, the other funny part was to, uh, e- to catch conversations as we would walk by them about which aperture setting they were on or where they had set their ISO and how to correct focus peaking. And all I could think was, you know, I like to take pictures of the park, but I also like to try and enjoy the park. And they were really, really concerned about capturing the perfect picture as if every single one of them was going to get a picture, their picture in the next National Geographic about Yellowstone. But conversely, apparently it's really cool to use your iPad as a camera. Especially if you're over the age of 60. I would say over the age of 50. 
in Yellowstone? Long story short, I've told you that it's because of the <laughs> big screen. So if you have poor eyesight, you get a big screen but to look at you're in a the national image that you're taking. Park, not in like the Hilton. It's just weird to see people walking around with iPads in a place where there's no no service. You know what I mean? Long story short, Casey. I think that's age story? discrimination. No, I'm <laughs> not, that I'm not being discriminatory. <laughs> I just think it's so funny that people are like sitting in front of Old Faithful with iPads taking pictures instead of cameras or it's 2017. Even <laughs> I guess. Long could, story short, it's 2017. They could have the old film cameras. I did, see, I did see. I did see somebody with an old film camera, but interestingly, her boyfriend had a digital camera as the backup. I would uh, guess. I think she was really into photography and wanted to going get, old school. Yeah, going old school, which I thought was super super cool. If I had any knowledge of how to develop photos, I might be interested in that as well. But but you don't. I have no knowledge of that at all. Okay, Casey's funniest moment. Casey, tell us your funniest moment. This is tough. Um, I think for me the funniest would have been I think sometimes catching the conversations of people and like especially when at certain times you're perked like their interest like when they're like oh this animal did this and you're like since you're already on the scout you're kind of like where is this animal because I haven't seen it all day Yeah, type thing. Um, or just like the conversations people are having as they're walking around mm-hmm. with things and I give, feel like give it's, us an example. I was in the gift shop getting some postcards, and the store keepers, I guess you could call them, the checkout, people who were there to help you in this gift shop, were talking about how there was recently a bear sighting out by some fly fishermen. And there's two cubs out there, and they were just playing around, and they were out fly fishing, and then all of a sudden the mama bear comes by and just leisurely walks past them, doesn't like do anything against them, they just walked by, and one of them, they think, got a picture, but they weren't really sure about it. But you heard a lot of those stories mm-hmm. of, like, oh, this happened in the park, or this is, like... And there were so many here's of those. Here's where this is. There's so many of those that it almost felt like everyone was making it up, or they were recycling stories from the last 20 years of them right. working in Yellowstone. Because we... Granted, we only spent two days there, but with as many stories as there were... it felt like we would have had our own grizzly bear story by that point. And sometimes I think it's fun to listen. Like you could always tell who was family because every once in a while you would hear the argument. I think, Oh, when we get in the boat to the grand Teton, mm-hmm. oh, one yeah. of the people who got on like was, it was a family and the mom got on and she was like, there's six of us. And the daughter immediately like turns around to the mom and is like, they don't need to know that mom. Like, just he shut up and get on the boat. He doesn't like, care, Mom. Just get on the boat. Yeah, we were like, oh, okay. Okay, I guess we found the family who's tired. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, it's just fun. You know, you get out in the middle of nowhere, and you just happen upon people, and you have conversations, and and that's that's one of the fun parts of travel is is those weird side conversations that just happen. I think the other thing that I loved about inter- Yellowstone, too, was the international aspect of it mm-hmm. like you heard multiple languages go out and as we reflected on it was very much a this is a unique place 
and it's kind of a place where everyone wants to come to. It's not just something that belongs to the United States. Right. Right. I think the fact was over half of the world's geothermal features reside in Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. And, And actually, we didn't say this, but Yellowstone was the world's first national park. So the pitch was made to the United States government to preserve the land so that future generations could enjoy it. And obviously, it is it belongs to us as a nation. There were a ton of people from all around the globe there. And I think it is because it's not just unique to the United States. It's unique to the world. It's really, really an interesting place. And I just, I didn't know how cool it was. So, long story short, (laughs) uh, last point that we want to touch on is advice for people looking to do a similar trip. What advice would you give, Casey, to people looking to take a similar trip? I'll go first. uh, Yeah. (laughs) My, My advice would be to bring a paper map. Oh, that's gonna be mine. Was it? No, not really. My <laughs> my advice is to bring a paper map because there were lots and lots and lots of points where it, it wouldn't just be, oh, we don't have LTE, it's 3G. It was no cell service at all. And so we couldn't call anyone. We couldn't you know, use our GPS or anything. It was just you are without access to navigate this area at all. So bringing a paper map for us worked really well to help us get in and out of different locations and help us at least make sure that we knew we were headed in the right direction. And when the park ranger offers you a map, take the map. You take the map. (laughs) (laughs) I would say for mine is be willing to be flexible in your schedule because you never know when an animal is going to decide to be in the middle of the road and you slow down. So you aren't going to be getting there at the exact time that you want to be. So have a flexible schedule. Yeah. What the last night, what did we add an extra 45 minutes to getting out of the park and getting back to, we were going to stop for a nice sit down dinner and then we got stuck behind the bison line or whatever it was that slowed us up. And then we opted for, Dairy Queen instead of a sit-down t- meal so that we could get on the road back to our our uh, Airbnb. And if you're always just going from point to point, especially in a lot of the, the parks, they are you're going to miss the things in between. You're going to miss the animals that are just happen to be there or the landscape right. that happens to be there because you're just driving along doing nothing. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Kayla? So I have two pieces of advice. Of course you do. I know. The first is, if you do want to stay in the park, make sure to book out well in advance. We did not plan an art. We didn't have the idea of taking this trip far enough in advance to get hotel rooms inside the park. The other piece of advice is coincides with Silas's, which is that if you are kind of a tech person and you aren't really into paper maps, the National Park Service has a really great app for Yellowstone that I used a lot um, and so it does have a map and you can download the entire park's information ahead of time and then we also used the Gypsy Guide app to navigate our trek around the camp or around the park 
And I thought, oh, and I also used uh, geysertimes.org, which I imagine is not a very well-known website. But if you are interested in seeing geysers beyond Old Faithful, which I recommend you do, it will tell you when the other geysers are predicted to erupt. And it was, we didn't actually, we sort of half caught an eruption at Daisy Geyser. And then we went to go see Great Fountain Geyser and we didn't have enough time to kind of stick around for the two plus hours that we needed to 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 see it erupt but if you have more time in the park which we didn't you could really see a lot of the geysers erupt and that website was also helpful in in knowing I'm sure the park rangers at Old Faithful also can tell you more about prediction times for the other geysers but you know it's one of those things where um, sometimes technology is useful and at Old Faithful there is wi-fi or LTE service so you can look it up while you're there waiting for Old, old Faithful. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you for those five fun facts, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, that's our show. As always, we ask that you leave any questions you have in the comment section below. Or if you have a specific question, feel free to email us directly or connect with us on social media. Our email address is kaylaandsilas at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest by searching Kayla and Silas. Once again, we're Kayla and Silas wishing you luck with your upcoming adventures. Bye. Bye. Bye.